Well, you said you drink two or three cups of coffee a day. So um, one of my mentors in chiropractic always said for every cup of coffee that you drink, he's from Utah, by the way, um, every cup of coffee that you drink, you need to drink two glasses of water to clear that cup of coffee out of your liver. Mm, okay. So if you, if you add sugar in it, then you have to add another glass of water for that. And then if you had, you know, like cream, then you have to add another glass of water. So you could have, um, from one cup of coffee, if you put cream and sugar in it, you're now talking, you have to drink four glasses of water just to clear that cup, cup of coffee out. You know, there's just too much information out there on what it takes to live your best life. Food choices alone can be mind numbing. Welcome to the Modern Longevitarian Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Stanfield. Hang out here with me each and every week as I cut through the chaos, cut through the confusion, and connect the dots that redefine what it means to extend our prime years out for decades. Please stay tuned for a very important message from our sponsor, Electrolife. The Modern Longevitarian Podcast can be heard on many of your favorite platforms. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe to the show. This week's guest is Dr. Pat Ballone, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? Dr. Pat has such an amazing wealth of knowledge and understanding of how the pieces of living your best life fit together. How would you like to get one full hour of Dr. Pat's undivided attention? Do this. Buy her book at the link in the show notes, and then contact her and mention that you heard her on Modern Longevitarian. Then, Dr. Pat will double her normal free consultation time from 30 minutes to an hour. I personally gained so much clarity from this interview. For instance, I learned the three reasons why people get sick, and they are trauma, toxins, and thoughts. I also learned more about gut health, and that's the first place to start right after dealing with our emotional well-being. Now, my interview with Dr. Pat. Enjoy. On today's show, we have a doctor of chiropractic, a certified functional medicine practitioner, a certified chiropractic sports physician, and an acupuncture physician. Dr. Pat Ballone is also a coach, a speaker, and the author of Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? Find out now. Dr. Pat, welcome to the Modern Longevitarian Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is going to be so much fun. I've done so much research, and well, this has been a passion of mine for a number of years. And I'd like to start by reading this powerful sentence from your book. You can live longer and better. You don't have to suffer from the same illnesses and diseases that have plagued you or your family, possibly for generations. If I had one question, I would say how, right? But before I get that, I have a background story with me is, my dad got prostate cancer at 55. And his dad, my grandfather, got cancer and passed away at 62. This is a catalyst to how I live today. That was over 15 years ago. Dad's doing fine. He's 71. Mom also got cancer in her 50s as well, and she's fine. She's uh, just turned 69. I'm 48. So how does someone in my shoes change course? Well, the first thing you have to realize is not the diagnosis that you have to pay attention to. 
what you have to pay attention to and ask the question is, is why those things happened in the first place? What is it in someone's lifestyle, their diet, their environment that has caused those problems in the first place? So to make sense of all that, you've got to take a look at what somebody's environmental factors are because how your body responds to the environment will dictate how your gene pool that you've accumulated from both parents plays out. So if you have a family of six, let's say, and there's heart disease as a possibility and diabetes, first off, they go hand in hand, they know now. But um, at the people who have like the heart disease, not everybody in the family gets heart disease. So I always say to my clients that, you know, if you continue to eat exactly how your parents ate, because I always look at food and diet first, you will have the same type of results that your parents had. But then you've got to take it a step further. So like for instance, we talked a little bit about your grandfather and your father and what kind of work they did and what kind of environmental exposure they had and also your mother and the and even your you said your father's friends have had some of the same type of diseases um and so when you look at that that group of people the one thing that they have in common of what they do is they eat like initially i said you've got to go back and look at diet so it's really important to look at you know, quantity of food, quality of food, and how you combine those foods so your body can utilize them in the best possible way. So if you have a uh, genetic link that um, dictates and you have overexposure of a substance like fertilizer, Roundup, um, you know, mosquito repellent, um, like, you know, different other pesticides or insecticides, they don't go away. They insidiously accumulate in your body. So where they accumulate in your body over a period of years is in uh, bone, brain, and fat. So organs that are fatty tissue are prostate, ovaries, uterus, the omentum, the brain, they're all fatty tissue. And it's an easy place for toxins to be stored. Like if you see, if you think of, of, of a heavy person and you see fat, that person's got a lot of toxins being stored because they, the body can't process them. And so they're going to put them someplace that's the easiest place to you know, keep them just in case, A, they need energy and B, they can't expel them because the body's overtaxed to begin with to get rid of them normally. An important message from our sponsor, Electrolife. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my favorite supplements on the entire planet, Magnesium with Immune Boost, made by Electrolife.com. Why magnesium? When it comes to nutrient deficiencies, magnesium ranks at the top of the list. It's right there with iron, iodine, and vitamin D. Just like sodium and potassium, magnesium is an important electrolyte. Electrolytes are needed to balance the water in our bodies, balance our body's pH level, and move nutrients into our cells while moving waste out. If you're keto like me, you truly know the importance of electrolytes and hydration. Believe it or not, magnesium is needed for more than 300 biochemical reactions in the human body. Some people say up to 600. Let me tell you why I trust this specific product made by Electrolife for me and my family. This supplement contains a high-grade magnesium plus potassium and over 60 other minerals that are key to our health. 
is produced from the Great Salt Lake. And no, you can't just go over and dip your water bottle in and start drinking lake water. It takes three years from the point of capture to the point that this becomes a consumable supplement. Nowhere else on earth will you find a richer source of minerals and nutrients, and that's the truth. The other reason I love this magnesium is that it's easy to use. Just add it to whatever you're drinking. All you need is two droppers full each day. If you want to get started with one of the best magnesium supplements on the entire planet with an added immune system booster, click on the link in the show notes or go to electrolife.com forward slash shop. That's electrolife with a Y is spelled E L E C T R O L Y F E.com. And now back to the show. Well, we haven't talked about my exposure yet. We probably need to go down that road at some point. <laughs> um, I used to race, I used to race go-karts. I, I did for 15 years and talk about chemicals. We actually used to use creosote as tire prep, kerosene and diesel fuel. And we used our fuel was methanol and I was covered in this stuff all the time. It, it breathing fumes. If you starting 10th or 12th or 17th on the grid and they crank up all the engines to warm them up and you're just, you literally are just, breathing inhaling <laughs> inhaling yeah fumes on top of having it go through your skin and we weren't thinking about those things we didn't wear respirators or masks or gloves when we were putting tire prep on any of those things and you know solvents to wash parts with and inhaling acids to get the solvent off the parts i mean it's just well, and plus you have probably had your hands in the solvent too so what goes on your skin um any place, no matter what product it is, 65% of what goes on your skin gets, gets absorbed into your body. Wow. That, that's, a big, that's a big percentage, right? And so when you think about, and I used to um, go go-karting also, so I can relate to the noise and relate to the fumes, um, but I didn't do it a lot. But, you know, you got to take a look at like what, you know, environmental factors that you, like you have. Like you said that you grew up in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. To boot with a go-kart, you have trains going through there every night. It's the loudest city I've ever been in when I've been downtown um, in my life. But the point is, is that the, all the freight trains that are carrying um, chemicals and equipment and all this other paraphernalia are going through a, like a city at night when everyone's sleeping. So you never really get the gist of what's on those trains or have a, I don't, you know, I don't know specifically, but um, I have been the recipient of sitting in South Carolina at a train stop <laughs> for a <Yeah>. long time <laughs> and like 84 trains I counted one time, or compartments. Um, so you have to take a look at what that exposure is and you have to think about what can I do to change that part of my lifestyle? What can I do to get some of those deep-seated um, toxins in your environment? Because there's three reasons why somebody gets sick. And the three reasons why someone gets sick is because of trauma, toxins, and thoughts. So the trauma starts at the birthing process. So nine out of 10 babies that are born have some type of cervical trauma. From that cervical trauma, if it's not taken care of, you start seeing 
um, changes in the structure of the neck or the ability. And that's where you start seeing arthritic type changes. Starting even, and I've seen in x-rays of uh, people who have been in their like 30s, and they have a lot of degeneration. They have a significant degeneration. You know, then you can take in the other factors like car accidents, slip falls, and that type of thing. Um, so that's the reason why you mechanically or biomechanically need to be more soundproof, and that's why you would go see a chiropractor. So the toxins relate to like the air that you breathe, the water you drink, and the food that you eat. So if you're you know in an area that is high pollution, you have to do other things that um, you know for the air that you breathe. Um, there's not a lot you can do about it, but you can um, factor in like air purification systems in your house and that as a type of solution. Um, and, and also have a lot of plants because plants, orchids give off the most oxygen out of any plant that you can have in your house. So I always tell women to have them in your bedroom because your face needs oxygen. I thought you'd get a kick out of that one. Um, And then you have like the foods that you eat. I mean, people drink, you know, like, uh, like beverages, like soda pop and that kind of thing that, you know, is loaded with corn syrup. There's a lot of GMO products in the United States that are sold as, you know, supposedly as real food. And then you have, um, you know, like water that you drink, the water from the tap has, you know, it has a, um, you know, it has fluoride in it, which is a neurotoxin, mm. not to mention chloride, you know? So you, you there's things that are in um, the products, like in, in those three things that we've been subjugating ourselves to like over like a period of years. And so this, that insidious onset of that coming into your system and being, you know, saturating your system. If your body has, gets to a point to where it can't detox it, it will store it in blood, brain, bone, and fat. And the organ that does that function, the organ never is the organ. It's like they always say, I'm going to detox my liver, which always makes me chuckle. But the liver, you don't detox the liver. You tonify the function of the liver because the liver does the function of detox. So when the liver can't do that function anymore, what happens is, is that it starts and that the function is to get it in your intestinal tract. So you either poop it out or it goes into fluid, which goes to be peed out of your body. And Mm -hmm. so when it can't do that anymore, it stores those things in those four places, blood, brain, bone, and fat. So when people tell me that they want to do a detox, I always say you've got to fix one thing, and that's the gut. You've got to go back to the gut. You know? And I say it quite frequently, fix the gut, change your life. Structure is function. Fix the gut, change your life. Structure is function. I say that a lot. Too. It's because you have to get that concept when if you're mechanically on sound and you have poor posture, then the organs around where you have the poor posture are going to be more stressed. And then you can add in stress in our life, you know, um, and exposure to uh, microorganisms, you know, and viruses, you know, that is another add-on to a, a stress. There's a lot of stresses in our life. And then you get to the thoughts, which is the third component. And thoughts are more insidious than all because it can take the first two components of the Um, trauma and of the toxins and any good that you're doing for that, if you don't get a handle on your thoughts, if you don't find the way to get peace or you meditate or get exercise and go hug a tree or whatever it is, 
that you can go so you get the sleep that you need so you can rejuvenate you know you will have problems down the road and you that those thoughts will undo a lot of any good great food exercise um and you know eating and having a mechanically sound body i believe mindset and attitude are what's driving the bus to be honest and you know i listened to another podcast you were on doing research for this and you talked about your acupuncture patients that you start with dealing, treating the emotions first. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, that, and that's, is so true. I, I, back in December, took the course on transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. And it's been a game changer for me. I mean, I've worked in restaurants for years and obviously food and uh, beverage, you know, alcoholic beverages have been a big part of my adult life. Mm-hmm. And since the day I started taking meditation, I've only had alcoholic beverage three times. Mm-hmm. And this is towards the end of April that we're mm-hmm. recording this. Right. And there's been less, no need really for any type of compensation for my emotional state because the meditation has done such an amazing job for me. Well, there's a lot of different forms of meditation, right? You could have mindful meditation where you could take a walk, you know, in a park or you'd like in, and, or see something that's really beautiful. You can do, um, you know, I, I always recommend when people can't sleep to meditate, listen to binaural beats, um, mm-hmm. you know, find something that makes them feel very, you know, soothe and they can relax. Um, you know, a recommendation I give when somebody can't sleep and they can't get whatever it is off their brain, you know, I could get up, write it down. Yeah. You know, ask yourself, can I do anything about it right now? And if you can do something about it, get up and do it. If you can't do something about it, keep it on the piece of paper and let the paper have it so you can go back to sleep because you're not going to forget about it. It'll be there in the morning waiting for you. Um, so, you know, in TCM that you do, the, the uh, Transcendental Meditation, um, I know so many people who do that and they find a lot of inner peace with that. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you have control over. Right. I, I did. I, I really i been studying emotional intelligence for probably – six years now mm-hmm. and really going deep on how to, you know, really become, you know, raise my EQ score, really do that as a leader, as a dad, as a husband, you know, as a son, all of those things. And then all of a sudden I felt like exponentially distance from reacting. I was easier to respond with logic in less emotional response because just of adding that one little piece in it. Now it probably came in at the right time, right? I was adding all these elements in understanding that I didn't like surprises and then, and, and having more self-awareness and then working on self-regulation. And then all of a sudden, you know, years later I add in transcendental meditation and then it all the pieces come together. I been, had been working with a life coach at the time, just over a year in, mm-hmm in understanding myself better in a lot of ways and, and just really kind of putting a lot of pieces together. But uh, I, you know, I, I consider that there are six macronutrients. They're not fat, protein, and carbs. They are mindset, 
then oxygen, water, then sleep, food, and movement. And I, it's interesting to how you, we ended up talking about number one mindset first is really kind of we, how we got, got there. Now, back up a little bit, you talked about environment and it's really, that's epigenetics or genetic expression, what you were talking mm-hmm. about. We eat there, we breathe the toxins, all of those things. And I recognize that very early that the cancer my dad got uh, was maybe not so much genetic, but it was, I had control of what I put in and on my body. Mm-hmm. And luckily we moved to the mountains in Utah and we breathed very clean air for the most part, other than when I had to commute into Salt Lake and they have a really bad inversion problem during the winter. Mm-hmm. And, eating organically we were my wife she's been was and has been a pescatarian for and vegetarian for 30 years I mean basically since she was you know a teenager and that was really the first step for me was was changing my diet and doing that I haven't had a soda in 10 12 years I don't even know the last time I've had a soda or any of those things where I used to drink six Mountain Dews a day back when I was racing go-karts Right. And um, what is it that they say about Mountain Dew? I can't, I never drank it, but they, you know, it always looks like it's like, you know, um, psychedelic to me um, because, <laughs> of the, because of the color of it. You can tell my age. Um, but the, uh, but they, they, it does some, it has like, I'd have to go back and research that out because I was, I just remember somebody saying it has bromine in it. Yeah. So it brought, it blocks iodine, Some the, the iodine receptors. Because it's in the same elemental family as iodine, the I think it's the halide family, right? So you have That's chlorine, and fluoride, yeah. bromide, and iodine mm-hmm. in it. Which bromide's also a dough conditioner now too, instead of iodine. So there's that's the reason why I guess when you go back to the 1920s, they put iodine in salt to help combat you know goiter disease mm-hmm. and things like that. Iodine is such an important piece of of being a, a mammal on planet earth and right. we're that's one of the top seven deficiencies is iodine and I, I i actually for and i still take it a little bit each day but i did a lugol's iodine i took that for a long time mm-hmm. and went through a detox and i had a lot of a lot of like breakout on my forehead and it it took about nine months before i I, that all went away. And I don't know if it's because, heck, I eat a lot of bread and a lot of carbs. And I drank a lot of Mountain Dew when I was in my late Mm -hmm. teens and early 20s before I found coffee when I got in the restaurant business as a manager, you know, and started drinking coffee. But um, no, it's, it's, I just wanted to let you know, I've, I noticed that and changed the environment and really have done some research years ago on Dr. Bruce Lipton and epigenetics and mm-hmm. all those things he talks about in now it's like mostly organic food. It's uh, clean meats. It's, and I've been keto for over four years. I've been intermittent fasting for over eight years. So there's been a lot of things I've done. I've lost 40 pounds twice and I've been able to keep it off the second time. And that was eight years ago. And that's what intermittent fasting's done for me. So there's been a lot of things I've, I've done with that, that that have really helped, you know, all this come about. 
Well, you know, it's, what's interesting, you know, um, that you say there is that, and what I hear you say is your evolution of coming into your own consciousness about mm. why being healthy for you and was so important. And, you know, you're, you know, you have, you know, when you, you looked over your shoulder, I always get this picture of somebody up on top of a precipice. You look behind you and you see everything that took you to that point, whether it was the Mountain Dew or potato chips or Duncan Hines, you know, cake mix that you had when you were a kid. And at some point in time, you have to kind of, I say, grow up and take a look at, you know, this is what I got on the plate. What, how healthy am I really? And what's important to me? And who's important to me um, so that I can be around for them at 100%? Right. Well, yeah. it, you know, I believe, and this is not that I believe, this is actually proven, we get passed down so much more than our genetics. The genes are 20 to 30%. It's the expression is what we talked about. But what we also get yeah. passed down is this whole thought process. How do we handle stress? How do you make money? you know, which church you go to on Sunday mornings, if you go to church or you believe in, in, in that. So what religion you have, you know, so all these things are handed down to us. And a big piece of that is diet. I mean, it's, it's like, oh, you, you know, whether or not you care if things are organic or not, when, which when I was a kid in the seventies, you know, there wasn't much, I, that, I never heard organic or not. Now we had our own gardens and my great grandmother I grew up next to had a huge garden, had her own chickens and we have our own chickens now for the eggs. And I totally understand all of those things. My, my point being is that everything is handed down to us and our eating habits is one of those things. And one of the blessings of me moving away from South Carolina uh, almost 18 years ago now was I didn't have the pressure to eat a certain way on a holiday or when I was with my family or any of those things. Cause I wasn't with them. I was able to explore new ways. I was able to try new things and in working in the restaurant business also taught me so much about food and I, because I've been hanging around chefs for 27 years and mm-hmm. it's been really really a fun, fun adventure and a journey, but I've also learned so much about how to live healthy. And that's where the term longevitarian came about versus being a vegetarian mm-hmm. or now a ketotarian or fastitarian or any of those things, because right. I want to put all the pieces together for people to be able to say, this is how I can extend my prime years out longer. But it seems like on some level, we have to do some repair first before we can even get to the point where we can look forward. We got to look, look back and maybe start with our gut or something like that. Well, you got to figure out what organ system, you know, if you look at your body being a Swiss watch, you know, and the brain controls and coordinates all functions of the body, then every organ system in the body is respond is, you know, has a huge connection to the brain. So if one organ system is faltering, then you're, it's going to affect another organ system. So, for instance, like the um, heart, cardiovascular system, if, if in 1984, they told people to take aspirin. In 1984, before then, stroke was not on the top 10 reasons why people died in the United States. After 1984, it was because aspirin likes the heart, but it doesn't like blood vessels. And so that is, you know, that organ system can now affect the digestive system. So if you're taking that aspirin and you're destroying the gut flora, 
Because remember, it's good for the heart, but it's not good for, you know, the blood vessels. And it's not really good for the stomach line. I found people who take aspirin have to be very careful of stomach bleeding, you know, mm. because, and so, and also of, you know, the other types of bleedings like in the brain. So if the gut's not doing its job, then it's taking in foods way before its time and being, because they aren't processed or degraded yet. So when they are absorbing and simulating those nutrients, they go right into the blood system, which if your body will respond to it as an allergy, then it goes to the liver to be processed. And if the liver can't process everything, it gets kicked back and you get to do it again. Especially, <laughs> if, especially if the intestinal tract has been damaged because that leaky, just called leaky gut, will, you know, will happen again and again, and it keeps on going to the liver. So it finally, because it can't get rid of it, that's when it stores things in fatty tissue, like, you know, the, and like those, uh, the sexual organs of male or female, um, or the brain, you know, or deep. So in order to get those toxins out, it takes a while. It took a while to get them there. It takes a while to get them out. You know, and so you have to, you know, you have to ask the question. And I ask this, it's like, if somebody has a tumor and the tumor is cut out, is that person now healthy? No, gosh, no. No, but a lot of people say yes, because the tumor is gone. But the thing is, you got to take a look at what caused the problem in the first place. And you have to um, perpetually look at, well, what's the root cause? Because you can do alternative medicine you know, and look at like, you know, there's perfectly good medical drugs to lower blood pressure. There's also good, perfectly supplementation to lower blood pressure. And if Dr. Oz <laughs> says something works for lowering blood pressure, it's out at, you know, stock in Amazon within 24 hours. Um, but the thing is, is that those three things, they don't ever look at the root cause. So they keep on watering down the problem as opposed to fixing the problem and finding out exactly where the problem's at. So doing the appropriate kind of testing for somebody, which is, you know, very individualistic because um, one person can have in the same family, one person can have a problem um, in one area and have a problem and, you know, somebody else can have a problem in a different area. You've got to figure out, and one of the reasons why this is a, as a preliminary, when you, when I say when the proverbial crap hits the fan, you got to go back to basics. That's why the questions in my book, which covers those 11 organ systems, for someone really gives them a base to kind of like, okay, so this is what's going on right now. This is how I am expressing my genetic pool that I was mm -hmm. given. And where is it that I can improve? Where is it that I have to go to next? Um, is there, you know, some uh, test that would give me better information? Cause I don't like to guess with people. I'd rather test and then make proceed from that point of having that level of knowledge. I want to know what I'm dealing with, you know, cause you could be eating what you think is really perfectly wonderful health food, you know, and, uh, and then find out later on that you've been having sensitivity to it, which is the reason why you have some chronic disease at some other point in time. You know, right. and there's, you know, and, and you don't realize that, but you know that, and that's why, you know, it's like, it's a good idea, like when you eat to pay attention to how you feel after you eat in the next hour and a half, two hours, and you can eat something and have a reaction to that food and not have the actual reaction until two weeks later. 
Really? Two weeks later? Yeah, you can, it can be a, quite a while later that it, you can have a reaction to um, a, some food that you ate. Um, there was a guy that I know that treated a woman, um, I believe in Wisconsin, and this woman constantly had blood in her stools. And they kept on trying everything, then they tried something alternative, then they tried something again. And he finally gave her the option of uh, finding out, you know, like, hey, you're going to have a bag. You're going to, she had six kids, had bag kids, you know, and he said, this is not going to be your new life. And she said, can I swim? <laughs> can I do this? And he said, no. And she decided to go look at something else. And this doctor who um, was treating her did a, uh, looked at her reactivity to certain foods and her favorite food, when they took it away, stopped the bleeding, mm. you know, which was avocados. Yeah. So, but other people can eat, you know, hundreds of avocados and don't have a problem. So you really have to take a look at what's going on with a particular um, person and, you know, and look at all the components so that you're looking at when you're putting the pieces of the puzzle, because you use that analogy and metaphor, when you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together, you got to take a look at those, those pieces of the puzzle and, and help people make those lifestyle choices. So it's their choice you know, and so that they create habits and happiness for themselves, you know, and then because when you get your food handled and your exercise handled, there isn't necessarily a, a reason to sometimes do targeted supplementation and or medications, because sometimes you have to resolve to that in order to get somebody's operating level, you know, boosted up. But the idea is never to take medications for, you know, forever or for a long time, because they alter the chemistry. And then you have another problem. And in Western medicine, how they deal with it is they just give you another medication for your new problem. And then, you know, by the, they say by the average uh, age of 50 years old, they're, you're the average person, this was like eight years ago, we're on five meds. That's astounding to me. And it's scary. Um, and so, so, so having that consciousness and that awareness about having to improve your health, having to like pay attention. How can I improve my immune system? You know, it's really important because when you eat sugar, you're going to blow out your immune system. I don't care who you are. Right. There's no such thing as an iron gut, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there is for, for like maybe like, maybe like eight or nine times, but it's that wearing away of that one cell layer, you know, that's in the gut that is the problem because once it, you know, it's, and it's also interesting enough, it's one of the easiest organs to treat and also create health again. Right. You know, that, yeah. that I've always found really interesting because it isn't, you know, unless you, you know, you decide to cut out part of your gut, you know, then you're, there usually is some level, there's always something that you can do. Right. Well, from what I understand, our gut is, like you said, one cell thick, which is like splitting a hair mm-hmm. and the size of what, one or two tennis courts, I believe. I mean, it's a lot, yeah. it's, it's a lot of surface area and it's only yeah. one cell thick. And when it's leaking, it's leaking a lot. Imagine a, the, just one tennis court leaking, right? That's what's going mm-hmm. into our system. So how can we, I mean, we're talking about guts. You start with emotions and gut. So is there any tips or tricks or, you know, I guess the, the word of the day or the word of the, the decade hacks for our healing our gut? 
Well, first off, you got to know where you have the problem in the gut. That's a, right. that's a component, right? So if, cause you can have a, a problem in the stomach, you can have a problem in the small intestines or in the large intestines. And then you can have a problem with um, whether or not you're producing enough type of gastric juices in order to, and at the right pH. So you got to take a look at like what that is. So my first, you know, I always have people take a, um, do, you know, just write down their foods that they eat. Um, and I always like to combine my foods correctly. Not, I'm not always the same at it, but um, some food combinations are just really poor combinations. So like people who like to eat steak and potatoes, you know, having a piece of steak that is for some, for an average person is probably anywhere from six ounces to eight ounces. You know, in order to make that steak, you have to have, you know, if you have potato, if you have like those big Idaho potatoes, right. it will sit in your stomach for all night long. And if you eat too late all night long, you'll be up, you'll toss and you turn. That's one of the reasons in Chinese medicine, people don't sleep or they don't sleep well if it's food induced other than being thought induced. Um, so, you know, you're balancing out the right kind of acid in the stomach is always good. So I always tell people to use water and lemon, you know, and have a glass of water and lemon before that, because then it kind of ups the right kind of acid in the stomach so that you're able to digest your food a lot better. And it also helps the gallbladder. Like when people have GERD, for instance, um, one of the problems is that the gallbladder doesn't spit out enough bile and bile is made so that it coats the stomach lining so, which is hence that's important. It works with the liver <laughs> so that it can emulsify fats. Right. So, you know, and so if you're, you know, if you find that you're having an issue with, you know, eating fats and you're getting, you know, bloated, or if you're, if you're bloating, your stomach's not digesting food. So you've got right. to take a look at what, what that is, you know, and there's ways and there's methods to, to help somebody heal like a leaky gut or a heal um, other gut issues, IBS and, and things like that, that have been perhaps left to fester way too long because eventually it infects your immune system. And today mm -hmm. your immune system, everyone's very into it. I want to know what I can do. Um, you know, but you know, the one food I would tell people to avoid eating is sugar and don't eat protein with necessarily with, a um, with, a fruit, for instance, Okay. Um, and some fruit it works well with, but you have to know exactly what the food combining chart really looks like and what kind of fruits are more suitable for that, you know, and then it's just a choice. It's a conscious choice when you get up to, if you're going to be in a good mood, like we're talking about mindset, you know, before, um, when I've treated people acupuncturally, I always clear out the emotion first because I want them to have the best possible experience getting acupuncture so that they can have the best possible results. And if you know, there's something going on that needs to be talked about, that's gotta be cleared out because emotions and thoughts, they think, they used to think that depression was all in your head, but it's really in your gut. And most of your immune system's from your gut. So it really is a sanctuary for, you know, and to be mindful of that sanctuary and anything that you put in your mouth. And in fact, you could think of anything that you put in your mouth as something that can control or, you know, or disrupt your, um, you know, your hormones in your body, because it affects it. Everything you eat affects that. You, the, the gut is important. 
and I think it's emerging now that it's even more important than, than what we thought. I was listening to a podcast with Dr. Gundry on it the other day, and he mm-hmm. said a couple of things. One was, no matter what chronic disease you have, it all started with leaky gut. So you list whatever it is, Alzheimer's, cancer, what, whatever it is, it started with a leaky gut. I agree with them. <laughs> the, the, the other thing he said is that for every nerve that goes from the brain to the gut, there are, I believe he said nine, nine that go from the gut to the brain. So instead of the brain telling the gut what to do, the gut is actually, which is the gut, right? Obviously is the digestive system is telling the brain. I have noticed before that I have taken probiotics and an hour later be in a better mood. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that I have drink a certain type of alkaline water and feel better and have an elevated mood. Mm -hmm. You start looking at all of these things that come into play that affect attitude, emotions, mood, joy, happiness, those type of things. It, 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 the gut is, I think the gut's doing just as much driving the bus as any other part of the body, maybe even more, maybe even that's, more. That's why I always say, fix your gut, change your life. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's huge. It's huge. So you mentioned water, lemon and water, and I know that you drink a lot of lemon juice. So how important is water and the right amount of water for each person? Well, I can tell you how to figure it out very quickly. If you're a 150-pound person, you should be approximately consuming 75 ounces of water a day. And um, I always had a remedy for, you know, going to sleep or if you couldn't sleep or if you went out and you had a, a, a ate too much at dinner and had a long night out with your friends, you know, that when you came home, you know, take four ounces or like, you know, four fingers, you know, full of water uh, and one finger of lemon juice with a probiotic before you go to sleep and you would wake up and not have a food hangover. Because mm. as people who, you know, complain about there's certain foods, there's certain herbs that people cook with sometimes that are, don't work very well together in some people's chemistry. Like, um, like for myself, I don't do well at all with cumin and, um, or turmeric. But other people, they do, you know, very well with that and um, with other types of spices. I do much better on a Mediterranean diet for myself than on a keto diet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did, it's just finding what your balance and what your, um, and what it works for a specific person and then creating that personalized medicine program for like where to go, what's your next step. And, you know, how do you handle like, you know, the mind, body, soul part, you know, so you have to you look at the physical, the spiritual, the social, social is really important. Um, and having, you know, that tie, even in, when they talk about the blue zone and the blue zone places in the world, one of the biggest components in those blue zone places uh, is the socialization that happens, mm-hmm. you know, and being mindful of your neighbor and being, you know, and having that interaction. So going back to and eating and sharing your food and, you know, blessing your food, right? That's, those, those are big things that people, a lot of times they're too quick. They go to McDonald's. You know, and they're eating a hamburger that has 19 grams of fat on it. It's just like, that's, I don't even think they make hamburgers. They have like, like if you really have a, a piece of meat, there isn't that many grams of fat in it. But it's, it's all about putting things together in the right place. And um, 
water is, you know, and being hydrated helps keep your mucous membranes, you know, in good shape, you know, so, and if you start feeling sick, you always like flush your system out, just drink more water in good water. I mean, filtered water is a better source than out of the tap, obviously. Right. Right. It is. And, you know, I've really started focusing because I've been doing a lot of research on as my, as I define these new macronutrients and I started drinking more water and I noticed that I wasn't as hungry as I had been in, in days prior to that. So my intermittent fasting was so much easier. I didn't, there was no struggle at two o'clock to do I need to eat something or not. And so I wasn't wrestling, wrestling with ghrelin, you know, I call mm-hmm. it ghrelin, the gorilla, which is the hormone yeah. that tells you to, mm-hmm. to eat. And I, it's, it's a, and when you really start looking at it, and what I break these down to is basically how long can you live without one of these macronutrients? And I mean, obviously mindset, I put number one because that drives everything. But I also put like, well, oxygen somewhere like four to six minutes, you start losing brain cells if, you don't, if you're not mm-hmm. breathing. So that's extremely right. important. Right. And then water and how important um, that is because you, depending on your environment that you're in and how hydrated you were to start with, you're looking at what, three to seven days, right? Without water. Right. Well, also, you know, the other thing, too, is that a lot of accidents that people have, remember the trauma part, you know, as an adult that I saw was, you know, because I have certification in sports medicine also, is I used to see people, you know, when they had an accident, I go, so how much water did you drink today? Mm. You know, and people have an issue with drinking water because people don't like the taste of it. But I'll give you a little health hack about water. Okay. In order to get enough water down into you, this is going to sound really crazy and perhaps a little bit, you know, you're going, really? Is if you, when psychologically mindset, when you drink water and you bring water up to your face and you're drinking it and the cup hits you up here and you can see into the cup or the glass that you're drinking in, in your mind, one of my mentors always said, this happens to people is that they think they're drowning. Mm. So when they're swallowing water, they're also swallowing air. So air makes, gets into your stomach and it makes you feel bloated. Right. I've had people complain about that. So a way to remedy that is to, if you're going to drink in a bottle like this, mm-hmm. you know, you could easily put a straw in it because there's no air and you can drink more water. Right. You know, and also water should be drunk at room temperature. It shouldn't be cold. Okay. Unless it's like 90 degrees outside, you know, right. you right. need it to, you know, cool down. But generally speaking, you know, water should be, you know, water should be from, you know, room temperature in order to get the best results from it and, mm. and to be hydrated. Right. You know, one of the articles I was reading, it referenced a study that 75% of American adults are chronically dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to wonder, you know, when you're looking at like, um, you know, one of the, the first things they say, you know, in, in today's time about, you know, this virus that's going around, the first thing they tell people is get enough sleep, sleep's mm-hmm. restorative. That's on your list too. It is, um, yeah. Be uh, And stay very hydrated. Yeah. You know, because when you're washing down your throat, you know, if that microorganism of some sort is in your throat or in your mucous membranes, it will go, excuse me, to your stomach and the acid in your stomach um, will kill it. Mm. It's not a very robust virus. So, I mean, yeah, no. that makes perfect sense, you know. You know, and the outside of it has a polysaccharide layer to it. So it's fat, 
you know right. and so the um it's it's that which makes it a little bit sti- uh, sticky but it's very small it gets through mask it does that whole deal with the mask thing um but it the but it's also your attitude towards you know being sick or are like when you say i always get sick then you will always get sick right you know, and, and, and so, you know, like having that, those doing affirmations for mindsets is a good like health hack for, um, you know, having a much better, like a, having a better, um, you know, attitude, like I am healthy, I am vital, I am active, I am a successful human being, you right. know, um, and saying those types of things and saying it to yourself with conviction that you believe in them, you know, as, and especially the, the subconscious mind part of that is open most in the morning. So that's the reason why pre- people pray in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's why pe- reason why people pray at night mm-hmm. is because what you wish for, be careful, they always say, right, you get. And so, you know, having that time for meditation, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, listening to music, whatever it is that makes you happy for those, that moment in time, hugging a tree, you should just go do it, (laughs) you know, because it's going to have good positive effects on your health and your mental and social and physical well-being. Mm. It's so important. So let's transition. Let's talk about sleep because in the research I'm doing, it's showing up that this actually could be the most important piece of the puzzle. When you're looking at sleep, one of the things I think about first is uh, sleep posture. So if you're sleeping on your stomach with your neck turned, there's a lot of structural stress on your body. So being in the position where sometimes you might need a pillow between your legs, underneath your knees, you know, um, a pillow in front of you, you know, so you're not rolling over on your stomach and having enough support from your pillow on the back of your neck. So your neck, you know, your, so your head isn't, your chin isn't in your chest, but something that, you know, it so it keeps your airways open. Napping's great. You know, it's just like if there's, um, you know, if, you know, I've made it a habit um, and depending upon how much I travel, don't always have use of this habit. But I used to, when I worked in my uh, chiropractic office, when I was finished with lunch, I always took a 45 minute nap mm. before I started my afternoon. And it was, you know, it, I, I wasn't stressed. I mean, it, there is, and I had a lot of stuff going on at all at the same time and a lot of different people with different things and different needs. But I found napping to be, you know, for everybody, I recommend it. It's just, it's a good, even if you just lay down and rest and don't do anything, you know, just so that you, you actually stop and you get out of that Newtonian time where you're on that treadmill going, nine o'clock, I got this, 10 o'clock, I got that, 1030, I have this. Over here, I got to take the kids to the park. I've got to do, you know, go ice skating, whatever it is, football. Um, getting off that treadmill so you can do better self-care, especially for women who are very, 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 they're bad at self-care. They take care of everybody else except themselves. And I don't know one woman when I've ever said that to, didn't say like, uh, you're talking to the choir. <laughs> right. They know, they know, mm-hmm. we know. And so when you can get that handled and have enough sleep, you have enough energy. And, you know, we t- already talked about the, having the fuel, the food that you eat to be able to, to funnel that. And some foods can make you have bad sleep. You know, so in like eating, for instance, like eating too late or eating, you know, too much greasy food and, and the such. 
So in Chinese, they have a thing called a, they have an organ um, timetable. So for instance, like if you're always waking up between one and three o'clock in the morning, then I would go look at and see how well your liver is functioning because that's the time that the liver would help tonify itself. And then the next organ system is the lung, you know, then large intestine, you know, and the gallbladder is between 11 and one o'clock. So they all go, if you ever look at Chinese ceridian clocks, you, will, you can see what organ system relates to, the, um, to that. Um, and, you know, for people in, in the, how much sleep somebody needs is going to be dependent from person to person um, and, and quality of sleep. Because if you can't get into that REM and into that theta version, then what happens is, is that you have... Um, you know, then you're, because they say that in REM sleep is where you get your best re, uh, restoration. Drinking your water. You know, so there's um, tapes that uh, on YouTube I have found these um, as a health hack, um, binaural beats that help you get into theta. I always say when you're listening to one of those is that if you listen to it for the first couple minutes and you're just not into it, get rid of it, move on, find, find something else that, you know, hits your psyche and hits your intuition, you know, for that. So, you know, sleep is incredibly important. It is. I actually have used, go ahead. Did you know that? the number one reason for single fatality car accidents are in the United States. It's gotta be fatigue, right? Lack of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I just, when you said that, I just uh, triggered that memory. Um, so I, I've, um, I've never found a boss that would let me take naps because I've tried even polyphasic sleep patterns versus biphasic mm-hmm. sleep patterns. Mm-hmm. And, but I did have a spell. I was working so much that because I understood the importance of napping, if you weren't getting enough sleep at night, that when I finished with work, I would turn the lights off in my office. I'd lay on the floor and I would put on this YouTube video of a 20 minute nap, binary nap with an alarm. Now Mm -hmm. I'd probably been working sometimes 12, 14, maybe hours in it took me a, a little bit to wind down and for probably the last five, 10 minutes, I actually probably would nap off at that point, but I was so refreshed and I came home mm-hmm. and I was able to be present with my family at that mm-hmm. point versus coming home and complaining about work. So it was almost like a meditation, if you will, like yeah. a 20 minute meditation mm-hmm. in, a, in an attempt to kind of just wind down and get into into that place. Very similar when I was first starting in the restaurant business, I had a Mazda Miata and I had, I would put the top down and I had a 30 minute commute mm-hmm. and driving with the top down. I would be like, I was ready to go another whole day, another whole shift. It was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. But sleep is important and actually tying it back to emotions. Dr. Travis Bradbury, who's a co-author of the book, emotional intelligence 2.0. Yep. There's the, one of the ways to clean up your, or raise your emotional intelligence or raise your EQ is to clean up your sleep hygiene. Mm -hmm. And that comes in with blue lights, you know, late at night, I obviously eating, you know, oh, there's your glasses, right? I have some (laughs) of my case down here too, right? 
Um, so block, blue blockers, right? You know, those type mm-hmm. of things, but also just clean up your sleep hygiene. And I think another big piece of that is also learning what sleep type you are, right? Mm-hmm. Are you an early morning person? Are you a nighttime person, insomniac, or do you a mixture of all those things? And I tend to be more of a, a night owl. And so I don't, you know, schedule things a lot early in the morning because I just kind of, this is kind of how I work. And sometimes I'm up to two or three o'clock writing something or recording something or doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's just when I function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, so. you have to be, it's important to respect your own cycle and, you know, um, the research on the, like the amber lenses, by the way, and the red lenses, the red mm-hmm. lenses are something that you use for at night before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the yellow ones are the ones they use during the daytime. Mm-hmm. And I have found that when I use, when I first started using the amber ones, like, cause I always would um, check my telephone. I, I do uh, brain exercises before I go to sleep, you know, um, for myself. And I, the first week that I um, use them, that the, my red lenses, I was so surprised that I literally fell like, you know, put the telephone down and I fell asleep, mm. you know, and, you know, also, you know, uh, and then I started taking my telephone and keeping it away from my head because of the electromagnetic energy that comes out of a telephone. And so, um, you know, it, like turning it off, turning it on um, airplane mode or, you know, definitely having it away from, you know, your body. Uh, and there's, you know, even like some of the devices that they put on telephones for EMF busters, um, for electromagnetic uh, frequency busters, you know, there, you really have to like have your telephone tested, you know, mm-hmm. see, see what that number is, because those kind of things can affect you if you have an electrical outlet at your head, you know, if you have something, you know, running in the background, um, a fish tank, <laughs> even though the water sounds really good. So it's, you know, relatively relaxing. There's still um, a lot of electricity that's around your workstation, your computer, your refrigerator, your stove, your TV. There's just a lot of things people have in their houses now that they didn't have, you know, quite a while ago that are disruptive and accumulative by the time you go to sleep. So then you lay there with your eyes open. <laughs> right. I've even read that electric blankets, the wiring mechanisms in those mm-hmm. attract a lot of EMFs as well yeah. and can affect your, your, your health, your sleep and sleep quality and all of those things. So well, it's, probably if you're going to use them, you can turn them on, get them up high, get the bed toasty, jump, you know, when you jump in, unplug it and then go to sleep. Right. Well, the interesting thing about that too is our body actually cools down as we go to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're heating up the bed and so that may even create problems together altogether. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, with that, because we're doing the opposite of what actual the physiology is telling us that happens when we actually go to sleep. And I know a lot of people who are in warmer climates have these uh, cool cooling mats that go on there. So let's transition. Let's only got a couple more questions to, to, to ask you. How does the breath and oxygen and deep breathing play a role in our health and longevity? Well, um, your diaphragm is underneath your rib cage and your heart and the pericardium kind of sit just above it. And you have, and it houses the whole area and it, and it attaches to in the back to just above 
like if you put your hands on your waist and then you put your hands above your waist and brought your thumbs back to your spine, that's where it attaches. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes from the back up like this. If somebody does something structural, like let's say they're always like me, for instance, who's always adjusting, usually from when I do work on people, I usually work off the left side more than I work on the right side. So I'm constantly in this position. Mm-hmm. So I have a tendency to have more compression on my left side of my diaphragm than my right side of my diaphragm. Okay. So, and so when that, when you keep on having that torque, your body accommodates for that position, it becomes a new normal or it tries mm-hmm. to become a new normal. So when you're, Uh, diaphragm becomes more restricted, you can't breathe in deep enough so that you can't get the oxygen exchange in your lungs that you need. And in Chinese medicine, that's important because the kidneys and their function, they say the kidneys grasp the lung chi and pull it down. So when you get a cold, for instance, you're constantly, and you can verify this, when you get a cold, you're constantly like trying to get rid of lung stuff, breathing it out, you know, like snot and stuff like that. And you're also going to the bathroom a lot because your body's trying to pull that down. And when the kidneys are doing their job, they don't have any problem doing that. Um, when the, if it gets too hot, that's when you start seeing that um, phlegm, yellow, green kind of stuff being produced. But when you can't have that breathing enough with the diaphragm, um, then the lungs aren't going to have their expand enough expansion. So they have a tendency to be more sedate. Right. Yeah. Most of us are doing a lot of upper chest breathing versus mm-hmm. breathing with our diaphragm and into our belly. We're not expanding out the way we should and, and breathing improperly. Some of us are not even breathing through our nose. We're breathing through our mouth breathers. And I right. was, you know, well, for and, sure. And also, you know, when you're uh, breathing, if you don't have good posture and you're kind of slumped over, it doesn't, your ribs don't have a place to go, <laughs> right. you know? So you're, you know, so you're always breathing, you know, more up on top. Yeah. yeah so that's, so it's important, you know, it's just like that, you know, moving, the Chinese would say it's moving chi. And so you're having that influx and also being mindful breathing, you know? So like when you're breathing in, you know, it's, it, you know, it's like, and you're like really then pushing it down to your stomach, mm-hmm. you know? And so that you're, you know, when you breathe in and keep on breathing in until your belly comes out on the bottom, you know, mm-hmm. that's when you know that you're having much more deeper breathing and you'll have better level of oxygen exchange because you'll have more surface area to do that with. Right. For me, I, I combine several different breathing techniques in, I love doing the Wim Hof method in the morning, even though that Patrick McKeon with the Buteco mm-hmm. clinic in Ireland kind of, he's got a completely different way of looking at it. He learned from Dr. Buteco, which was a doctor back in the fifties that worked with Russian cosmonauts. And what I love about that style of breathing is that it fits into what I believe, which is there's optimal amounts of each thing that we need. There's an optimal amount of water for me. And that's different mm-hmm. for you, where you are and how much you don't drink coffee. I drink two, maybe three cups of coffee a day, right? If, and for years, I, did I lose you? 
again? No, I was just going to tell you a health hack about coffee. Oh, go tell me a health hack about coffee. You raised your hand. I was like, oh, can you hear me? So go ahead. No. Well, you said you drink two or three cups of coffee a day. So um, one of my mentors in chiropractic always said for every cup of coffee that you drink, he was from Utah, by the way, um, every cup of coffee that you drink, you need to drink two glasses of water to clear that cup of coffee out of your liver. Mm, okay. So if you, if you add sugar in it, then you have to add another glass of water for that. And then if you had, you know, like cream, then you have to add another glass of water. So you could have, um, from one cup of coffee, if you put cream and sugar in it, you're now talking, you have to drink four glasses of water just to clear that cup, cup of coffee out. Well, I'm keto, so I don't do sugar. I haven't done sugar in a long time. I've had a couple times I've had sugar over the last four years and I cycle out of, out of keto probably about every 10 days or two weeks, I'll have some sweet potato or something like that mm-hmm. to, to cycle out of it. And then, I go back in the next day because I'm in a minute faster or probably the next couple of days I'm back in. And, you know, a lot of times, and I have one this morning, I, I do drink bulletproof coffee. So that has butter. Yep. And Me so too. you too, right? So bulletproof coffee, butter, MCT oil, and double strength coffee. And so I know that I'm going to have to drink more water than what would be recommended for my body size, all those other things. And even, you know, living here in, in Utah is an, it's a high desert. And so there's some days our humidity is at 12%. So I'm losing water just by breathing. Mm-hmm. I'm doing breathing exercises. I'm doing all these other things. I'm working out. I'm exercising almost every day. So the amount of water that I need is more than what somebody would need if they're in South Carolina and don't drink coffee or those type of things. Well, right? one way you can maximize that experience is by putting lemon in your water. Right. And I love that because people think, is I'm, I, I'm a long time ago, I did a lot of in, in research on pH balance and pH diets, mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that. One of the things it said, you said avoid sugar. It said one of the, I remember reading this table and it was had, I was correlating, looking at things and it said number 32 is poison. And I went up, looked at what number 32 was. It said sugar. And so, and so that was a, a, a eye opener there. The, the mm-hmm. other, the other, and that's coming from a guy who used to eat chocolate chip cookies every day, every afternoon. Right. So, but the other piece of that was, you know, that people think that lemon and lime are actually acidic, but when they go into the body, it actually is very alkalining for our systems, the way it's processed in our bodies. And so that's something I've done for a long time. And I really enjoy doing that almost every day. Still, I have mm-hmm. some lemon and water, but not as much as, as I should probably. Well, lemon raises the right kind of acid in the stomach to the proper pH. And then when it goes into the blood system, it becomes alkaline. Mm. So even though it's an acid fruit, like oranges are more acid or oranges are acid, but the, um, the, you know, lemon and lime, they're kind of brothers and sisters of each other. Limes are a little bit sweeter, mm-hmm. but the, you know, but the, the lemon, um, I've only had one experience one time and I had a really bad cold um, and fever and all this other stuff. And I was in chiropractic school. My teacher said to me, drink water and lemon and put enough water in the jug of lemon, a jug of water um, until it's really cloudy and drink that. And instead of having a cold and achy feelings and everything for a 
um, three weeks, I only had them for two days, mm. you know, but I could smell lemon when I put so much lemon in it. I could actually smell lemon when I was breathing. Wow. You know, and the other thing I would have done, what I would do now that I did, you know, didn't know then is I would use um, activated charcoal. Yes. I take it pretty regularly now because because it's, it's a good detoxifier for the gut, mm-hmm. just generally speaking within the gut. And um, it also is, um, you know, and it helps things move through your system that aren't supposed to be there. Right. I take, <clears throat> I, I took some activated charcoal last night. I, you know, I, maybe you can help clear this up for me because I have a question about, it. I know it absorbs a lot of stuff and like three or four times its size of things. Uh, I have a tendency to take some vitamins at night before I go to bed. And I don't know if it's, if that's counteracting those things. I do know that it helps clear out bad proteins in your brain when you're sleeping. And so I do feel that I have better sleep when I take activated charcoal versus when I don't, but I don't know if it's absorbing the vitamins and I'm just wasting my time and money by taking activated not, charcoal at the same time. My understanding is that it's not attracted to the vitamins unless they're toxic vitamins. Well, that's good news, right? Right. Yeah, but, well, as long as you, as long as you're taking very high quality vitamins, then, you know, then you, the likelihood of that, like, you know, stripping those things out of your system, um, but you know the the charcoal I think is a is a key nutri- nutrient um, in this day and time, and probably has been all along. When you know I get start that feeling of getting sick, then I start taking activated charcoal on a regular basis, and usually in two hour segments, usually at the end of the day, so I can go to sleep. And my body can get the rest that it needs to repair and revitalize me for right. the next day and forward. It also helps with you know, things like food poisoning and things like that. The mm-hmm. military's used that for years. And uh, it's been, uh, activated charcoal has been a lifesaver for my family and me. Just just the other day, mm-hmm. my daughter um, wasn't feeling good. She had diarrhea and we gave her activated charcoal. Then, and hours later, she was fine mm-hmm. and right, ready to eat some more Easter candy. It was, uh, <laughs> she was right back at, the, back at it, you know, and let but, me make um, myself sick again now that I got better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we did have a conversation about that for sure. <laughs> Before yeah. I ask my last question, where can people find you and your book online? Well, my book is easily located on Amazon. Um, it's called Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? Um, and then they also can find me on my um, my website, which is Health Team Network. And for people who are listeners on your broadcast here who get the book and, um, and finish the book and make a time with me, instead of giving them a half hour, I'll give them an hour of my time on, to go over their results and then map out, you know, where, what do you have to do? Like, what, is it, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What's my, you know, what can I do in the next five days that I can up my game and have better health? Mm, that's so kind of you. I really appreciate that. And I hope Thanks. that the listeners really tap into that because, you know, I've gotten, you know, over an hour with you. I think we've been on, on this call and it's been amazing. I've been taking so many notes and I can't wait to go through the rest of the book and, and fill out the all the questionnaires and, and analyze where I'm at because I really want to take it to the next level. I really mm-hmm. do. And, and 
I'm excited to, to learn as much as I can from you. So oh, that's my pleasure. Yeah, I love to share. I'm a data dumper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love to share. I love to share my knowledge. I like yeah, to see people. I, 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 like, I don't like people to say like to, to be well because it's not enough. I want people to really excel, you know, and I want them to put the pieces of the puzzle together. I want to, you know, so that they can be higher. They function at a higher level and they don't, and they're not as susceptible to anything that goes around mentally, physically, emotionally, and socially. Mm. You know, that's, that's my wish for our people in the big game plan of life. Well, that kind of was my next question, which was what is the one change that people can make today to make a positive impact on extending their prime years? Well, I would tell them to do the book <laughs> and I can, and no, I'm serious. And so that, because I can tell them, you know, it's just like if you really want to put your time, energy, and money in the appropriate place, you know, and know where to do that, you know, it's, this is the place to do it. Um, you know, when people don't know what to do and they're like, what's and cause a problem, they go into a state of confusion. And when people get confused, they don't do anything. They become immobilized. They become paralyzed. We're seeing that today. Um, so... In order to get from being threatened by being overwhelmed and immobilized to what makes sense and the next step game plan, this is the place to do it. This is where to start so you get the knowledge that you need so you can make an educated decision about what works best for you to move forward. So there isn't one magic pill, but you have to know what the whole picture looks like in order to make a decision about how do I move forward? What do I need to do? And because I want, I want to get to the cause of the problem. I don't want to wait for that problem to be looming crisis for me. So this is the best way to do it. Right, because there's two things. We have to start where we are. And there's only one way to figure out where you are is to do something exactly what you're explaining in the book. And the other piece of that is we're all in a different place. Our mindsets mm -hmm. are different. Our bodies are different. Our current health state is different. And all of that is resulting of what we've done in our past, basically giving us a snapshot. And because like where my mental game is on what is healthy about food is different than where it was even last week. And especially even different than where it was 16, 17 years ago when my dad and mom got cancer. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, it's all part of this evolution, all part of this, you know, you know, all part of this progression that we go through. And if somebody's never done any work in any one of these areas and they're starting today, they're going to be a different place than somebody else is going to be who may be just a day or two ahead of them. So it's a, I, I, um, I can't recommend both of them. It's amazing what you just explained because that's exactly what people need. They need to know where to start and they're all, in, we're all in different spots. Right. Well, you have to be respectful of where somebody is, is in their health process and also taking them from, you know, the point of being overwhelmed to the point of knowledge because knowledge is powerful as long as you can stack it correctly and you know what your next step is. If you don't, then, you know, you, it's like, you know, you, you like bow out quickly 
Mm. Um, because you don't want to, you know, it's just like, it's, it feels hard. It feels a struggle. So you already have enough struggles in your life. It's like, let's, right. let's keep it simple. When crap hits the fan, you go back to basics. This book takes you back to basics every time that you've got an issue. That's why I always recommend the paper edition. Um, cause you can keep it on your shelf. You can like check in like what, like, you know, how is my health? If my health is important to me. And then you want to have some place to go that you can check in. You can use this as a tool to advocate for yourself in taking this to another physician, right. you know, because there's no question in here that does not relate to that organ system. Mm. And so if you want, you know, a good advocating tool, this is a very good advocating tool for yourself. And if you want to know how to ask those questions when you're going someplace, you know, I can help people do that. That's an, e that's an easy, like, ask this question, ask that question, you know, and so that you can put the other part of those pieces of the puzzle so you get the information that you need to have so that you can move forward if it's something outside the realm of what I can take care of or another functional medicine doctor or lifestyle medicine doctor can take care of or someone's strained in this venue. Right. It's, um, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. I... Dr. Pat, I just want to say thank you for your generosity, your time, your kindness, your, and I have so much gratitude for this time we've had together. It's been amazing. Yeah, me too. It's, it's like I really appreciate it. I was really looking forward to this time. I, I love helping people have better lives, you know, and this is a venue that I really enjoy doing podcasts and radio shows. And I'm hoping to do maybe a couple TV things in 2020. Mm. Um, and hopefully <laughs> maybe it'll probably be at a distance just like this, but you know, my hope is to really have people have an opportunity to have better choices and better decisions that they can make from this. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks. Alrighty. Awesome. Bye. Namaste. Namaste. The statements expressed in this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. This is the Modern Longevitarian Podcast, and I'm Scott Stanfield. I would like to personally say thank you for listening to the show, and please join the Modern Longevitarian Facebook group by clicking on the link in the show notes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Straight Cabbage. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. This show is sponsored by Magnesium with Immune Boost by Electrolife. Stay hydrated with the best electrolytes you can get at electrolife.com forward slash shop.